Hey there. Welcome to Christ-Centered Combos. I'm your host, Kristen Ladd. Thanks for joining me as we talk to believers within the Christian Fellowship Ministries to hear the amazing stories of how God has transformed their lives. My prayer is that through each episode, we can be encouraged, uplifted, and inspired to press on towards the calling God has placed on each of our lives. This is uh, Pastor Lewis Oliver with the Potter's House Christian Fellowship Church. And I just want to recommend Christ-Centered Convos as a podcast. It's very encouraging and uplifting, good testimonies. Uh, and we're 100% uh, behind Christian and that podcast. Uh, and so also, uh, those of you that are listening, if you have not gone to our website, it's renoforjesus.com. Reno, F-O-R, Jesus.com. Thank you. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Christ-Centered Combos. This week, we have an interview with a brother who has been an example to so many people within the church, the way that he's constantly bringing in, whether it's people from his school or people that he's worked with or people that he's ran into at the gym. This young man has been an example to so many, and although he's had his own struggles and decisions that needed to be made, it's just an encouraging message about how you can be in the church and the choices that you make can impact your life and your walk with God. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview with my brother, Royce Trumbull. Here it is. Hi, Royce. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, of course. So I'm super excited to get your testimony because seeing the way that you've rose up and the the influence that you are and the way that you're constantly bringing in like your friends or whatever. So I just want to get your testimony and hear about all that God has done in your life. So let's start out with like uh, you were born and raised in the church, right? Yeah. Ever since you were a baby, right? Yeah. Okay. So tell me more about like your childhood and and how that was for you growing up in the church. Um, I mean, I think it was pretty similar to a lot of people in the church. Um, as far as the standards, um, my parents are pretty strict. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch Harry Potter <laughs> or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but my parents had a lot of really good standards. Um, they disciplined me my whole life. Um, they were really loving too, because you know there's a balance between yeah. love so they and discipline. Just, for the most part, they stuck to the stuff, the standards of the biblical standards and standards of our fellowship. Yeah, definitely yeah. great examples for me. Yeah. I think they're great examples in the church as well. That's why we see the great example you've become. So like as you're growing up, like do you have a memorable like time when God became real to you as a child or how was it like growing up, you know, you're just in class, going to Sunday school? Well, I mean, God was, for as long as I can remember, I never doubted if God was real. He was always pretty evident in our lives. Um, I remember street preaching with my dad when I was like four or five. We would go downtown, and he's on top of benches, you know, street preaching <laughs> to all these people, and they're yelling at him. And I remember this one lady walked up to me and she had piercings all over her face and tattoos. And mm. she saw me looking up at my dad and she goes, 
I feel sorry for you. And I'm like, I feel sorry for you. I'm like, I don't know what uh, the... F- how old <laughs> were you when that happened? I was, I was like four or five. Oh, wow. So there, I don't, I don't remember ever not knowing God or at hmm. least knowing that he's real. Okay. So then as you're growing up in the church and everything, when did, uh, um, was there, uh, do you remember the, the time when you like fully got it or when like you accepted Christ into your heart? Cause I think there's a difference. Don't you think there's a difference between like just coming to church and you actually like getting it on your own and making that choice for yourself to accept Christ? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think there was a definite point, but I just remember as a kid being pretty saved and righteous and, being full in and not i don't think i was faking it at all when i was a kid and in Hmm. sunday school and you don't feel like you were just like going through the motions or just doing what you had to do because your parents were bringing you here there was it was not like that for you well there are some wednesdays where i didn't (laughs) i I wanted to trick my parents into thinking it was tuesday so i didn't have to go to church (laughs) but no i would say for the most part i was pretty saved as a kid i mean i did some bad stuff but (laughs) So uh, when do you think you came to the, the full understanding or realization of of who who God was and who Jesus was and what he had done for you? Like how did. Well, um, I'm still realizing more and more what Jesus, what um, dying on the cross did for me, um, because that that's something that takes a long right. time. I to think understand. it's a lifelong yeah. like, pursuit. But like. As you're growing up, because we've talked before, and um, when was the turning point for you, or when when did you come to that point where, like, as you're growing up in the church, like, once you got into high school or whatever, um, into becoming a teenager, was there were there struggles along the way for you? Well, I was definitely brought to a crossroads um, when I started coming up in my teenage years. Um, So going to high school, you know, there was a battle definitely um, between, you know, going along the narrow path or going along the wide path. But I was um, there came a point to where um, I never I didn't really go in all the way. And I was becoming more and more lukewarm to the point Hmm. to where I lost my salvation. At what age was that that you Um, came to that crossroads? It was a gradual thing, but I would right. say around 16. 16 w- is when 15 it came. Or, yeah, like 15 came or 16. to a head where you were like, oh, where you realized that you were drifting farther away or where you realized that you were away. Well, um, the influences became, I mean, more and more evident in high school. Yeah. And um, one of the leading things that actually caused me to backslide um at that time i think it was like one of the major turning points because before that um i was still lukewarm and i was still battling and coming in and out saved one sunday not saved the next but um, so just going through like the struggles of being a teenager the struggles of uh trying to live for the live for god and be involved in the church and and then being in high school and being a teenager and so like the war between those two 
lifestyles got to you or how do you well it was just definitely the influences i mean because when i was a kid um i was definitely protected from a lot of things growing up from my parents just because they were good parents and so i didn't really experience a lot of things that you know i thought were different than what everybody told me and so Mm. you know my parents would always say if you did this then you know this is going to happen and you know how bad drugs and alcohol and partying was and relationships um, before you're ready and all these things and I always you know coming up in high school I start to doubt what my parents always told me um, because I wanted to experience it on my own and see what I thought first I feel like that happens to a lot of church kids to where like you know us parents we can do the best that we can to try to guide you but there comes that point when you have to choose on your own. So for you, it was when you were around 15 or 16. And can you tell me more about that and how that transpired in your life? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest turning points was, um, so some of my best friends um, that I really looked up to, um, they're actually in the church. And um, I went to a party with them. And um, some of them were smoking around me. And the first time I actually ever mm. smoked was around, you know, supposed to be church kids. Oh, and my goodness. And I think from that, from that point, that's when my life really started spiraling downhill. And that was the point wow. to where, you know, it was, <laughs> it was not good at all. So you went to a party where there were people that you knew from the church and they were influencing you in those ways, just yeah. like people And that doesn't take world. away from me. That's I'm not crazy. saying I wouldn't have right. done it. Right, no. I mean, we all come to the point where we I have mean, a I, choice. I went there yeah. for, you know, for a reason. Absolutely. So I put yeah. myself in that environment. Yeah. you Yeah. So then from there, you said like it down, sp- you were in a downward spiral or whatever, like then you decided to make other wrong choices or how, how did that transpire for you as much as you're comfortable to share with like where that road took you? Um, nowhere good. I mean, right off the bat, um, that covering that I, that God had over my life and that blessing, you know, it was almost instant that you could feel it leave. You felt it. I've heard that several times where people say that. It was like the veil was just removed and, you know, you were pretty much out on your own and I was still living with my parents. Um, and I would fake, you know, singing the songs and fake being a good kid. And my parents never really knew. Um, but you know, that covering that I had was gone and all the joy I had and the happiness I had, you know, living for God was taken away. And what came from that was depression and heartbreak and, you know, trying to, trying to experience the happiness I had before and trying to fill it with my own ways, you know, partying and relationships, but I was never able to fill that void. So trying to fill that, that god-shaped hole in your heart you were trying to put other things there and it just wasn't working out for you yeah how long were you like how long was that time for you that you were maybe like a maybe like a year it was like most of my soft most of my sophomore year and then Hmm. like the beginning stages of my junior year i would say wow and my freshman year that's when i was just lukewarm and i was struggling i never really did anything yeah like bad, bad, bad. I, you know, I was being influenced by all the people in high school, and I wasn't being a good Christian. 
and I mm. wasn't making stands. And so because of that, when I got older, me not making any stands made it harder to say yeah. no to the bigger things. Hmm. And and like they say, it's a, a very slow, subtle, like almost to where you don't even realize it, that, that you're drifting farther and farther away until you make that one choice that... Yeah, definitely. Makes you completely step out of God's covering. So then um, at some point in your junior year, um, God was able to draw you back in. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, I mean, God's, God was working, working on me that whole time. Um, there wasn't a point to where I didn't feel conviction. I was just so convicted the whole time I was in sin because I was still going to church. And I still, there was still, you know, examples besides the people um, that were bad examples to me. There were still so many good examples and, you know, my saved family that I could look to and I could see Christ. And I knew that uh, eventually I'd have to come back. And I was just, I don't know why I stayed in that um, point in my life for as long as I did, because I had Mm. all these people around me that were testimonies of yeah you know god's love so even like coming so you say you were like convicted the whole time that you were uh kind of so you're kind of living a double life you were coming and playing the church game but then you were out doing your own thing and feeding your flesh basically yeah um and then coming to church and being around your church family probably was even more convicting to you but you still kind of in a way um would you say you were kind of in a way like your heart was so like was your heart hardened or were you just like i don't know that you would say reprobate but maybe not that bad but i just felt horrible i mean i you would have people come up to you in the church and they would say oh you know it's so good to see you in church and you just knew that you weren't living Mm. right and um, because of the choices you were making yeah. that nobody knew about. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. It was horrible. <laughs> but. Um, so was there a turning point for you? Was there an event that happened that made you fully surrender again to Christ? Or how did that how did that happen? For well, you? you know, I'm blessed to have a family and a church family that cares about me, loves me. And so um, just being in that environment eventually. Um, I I started coming back and it wasn't um, an instant thing. You know, I would get saved on Sunday and then I'd be good for a couple of weeks, but then I'd dive back into the same things I struggled with. Um, Hmm. But more and more, um, the momentum started coming back towards Christ until I was saved fully. That's interesting. But at conference was definitely a solidifying point Hmm. because um, in that time, going to conference and coming back and then getting refilled with the Holy Ghost. The the power that you feel when you're at conference does something to you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was really good. And that I think that's definitely a reference point I can Hmm. look to to where um, not that I got saved, but that I just got strengthened so much to where um, that you you kind of knew the choice that needed to be made. Yeah. What conference was that? I don't remember. <laughs> I want to say three or four conferences ago. Hmm. It was before COVID, so I'm not. Sh- I'm not oh, sure. Oh, okay. Hmm. January 2020. 
yeah no you're right it was january, january 2020 yeah wow yeah cool so you you came back from conference and you knew that that you had to you had this choice to make and then how did that help you to um move forward in your walk with god well it just helped so much i mean there were so many good sermons at the time um that convicted me not not only about you know of course wanting to be saved but the steps that you take to um continue living for god and you know of course prayer and reading your bible and witnessing and um, doing things for the glory of god and that conference was just really solidifying awesome my walk after that god is good (laughs) the way that he works things out i think it's awesome that like well, it's not awesome that you left God, but the example that you are in our church to the youth, I mean, even to older brothers and sisters in the church, the example that you are and just the fire that you have, it's encouraging. Um, so to me, I'm grateful that even though you did take that time to kind of see what the world was about, it was a short time. To me, that's a... One one point Amazing. I kind of want to highlight is um, um, back when I was in that lifestyle, um, I used to be in drama, mm-hmm. and so we'd always do these cheesy skits where yeah. everybody's partying, and um, you know it's like, come on, just try this one hit, you know, or whatever. <laughs> um, come on, it's your first time, and it's like all this. Um, but I was I was at a party and mm-hmm. at like a real one. Mm-hmm. And there was a stu- there's like a stupid line, super cheesy uh-huh. that, that we would do in our place. It was I don't remember what it was, but it was word for word for one of the skits that we did. Huh. And after I heard that, everything just came for full circle, and I was like, "What am I doing?" Hmm. Because so God's constantly like, as you're out there, God's still constantly like reminding you. Yeah. <laughs> like what? And telling you the same thing, like, what are you doing? It was <laughs> you know better. And it was the exact like environment that the skit uh-huh. was <laughs> set up in. <laughs> and oh. I always thought they were so dumb as a kid, but it was. I love c- how God perfect. has that sense of humor, like, but like to bring his point, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he has a sense of humor, but he re- he convicts you at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's. That's interesting. So, um, you graduated high school now, right? Yeah, I just graduated um, maybe three weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. Cool. So, what has God been doing lately in your life, or how is that? um, How's God moving now that you've. So, it's been about a year or so, a year and a half since you decided to go all in for God since you came back. Yeah, so definitely. I think the biggest thing that changed is the perspective that I look at people because when I was in high school, um, I didn't really have the heart for people that I have now. And yeah. an example of that is um, because of COVID, um, the fourth quarter of my junior year, all the way up to graduation, I did online mm. school. And so I didn't oh. see any of those people that I missed my whole senior year. Wait, so do you think that that had an effect on... Um you being easily able to choose God over I think it like helped. your friends and stuff. 
but there was still i mean i still had you know all the contact information of all the people it was still right. there and they you know well of course but it did help but um what i was gonna say is because i didn't see those people for so long yeah the perspective that i had at the beginning when i was when i would see them every day um you know i never really realized you know the impact i could have on their lives but mm. when i saw them at graduation um we went actually the day before graduation for the rehearsal um i saw them and the whole focus just shifted and i just wanted wow. to like tell as many people as i could about jesus because i never you know fully took advantage of hmm. um the gospel until that point and so hmm. but now it's now it's like i have a day i have you know two hours of the rehearsal and then graduation and so i'm just like on a mission to you know witness to wow. us get um phone numbers and you know do as much as i can but um realizing that you know it just comes full circle to understand how much of a wasted opportunity it's like cramming for a test <laughs> you know i had all these people i could have talked to for all those years yeah. and now i'm crammed down to this last moment to where i'm just trying to you know <laughs> save as many people as i can mm. wow that's interesting and cool that that god was able to do that for you to to give you that shift in perspective so um is there a scripture that you, as you were growing up, that you clung to? Or is there a scripture that you find that's meaningful to you now as as you've uh, transitioned in your walk with God? Um, so one thing that I just looked up pretty recently um, that I thought was really convicting, um, it comes out of Corinthians 10.31, and it says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And that's mm -hmm. something super convicting because mm -hmm. <laughs> it convicts you over stuff that you wouldn't think would right. be convicting. You know, like if you know, if you're sitting at home being lazy. Yeah. Are you doing that for the glory of God? <laughs> oh. You know? Like if you're at a shopping center and and um you know, you grab like the last um thing like a l whatever the last package of donuts and there's like a kid right there and you guys both reach for the same time oh you're like, uh, wow you're bringing this to a whole new level there walk <laughs> off all rude and you're oh like my. dang did you just do that for the glory of god <laughs> <laughs> like it, well, everything everything it, but yeah people don't think that deep all the time none of us do i don't think of how much like everything can affect yeah. Or be an example of Christ or not. <laughs> and when you look at some of the best preachers in our fellowship, you can just tell that, yeah, I mean, like Harold Warner, um, mm -hmm. he, what kind of blew my mind is I would see him at a store, like after conference, mm -hmm. and he had, you know, the Harold Warner voice, like he's just <laughs> super deep and like yeah. convicting <laughs> all the time. He talks like that normally. <laughs> and that, yeah. I just thought that was kind of funny, but you know, it, some of the best preachers in the fellowship, they're not just like that on the platform. They're like that right. everywhere that, they go. And, and that's the thing about our fellowship and about our pastors is that they're they're legit. They're real. What you get on the behind the pulpit is what you get out in the congregation. Exactly. Or like yeah. out when you're at conference fellowshipping with them or whatever. Yeah. That's or awesome. even um, right before um, Pastor Mitchell passed away, 
uh, you would see him at the front. It's this huge mm-hmm. conference with thousands of people. And he's always making time for... He's at the front, yeah. shaking new people's hands. Mm-hmm. And it just blows your yes, mind. Yes, very convicting. So, um, now that you've graduated, what is the latest way that God has been moving in your life? Or what's God doing now in your life? Um, lately, an adult. Uh, lately <laughs> it's been... Um, just witnessing a lot. Street preaching is something that I grew up doing with my dad for as long Mm -hmm. as I could remember. And so recently um, we started another street preaching ministry, um, I want to say maybe three months ago, um, every Saturday at the Believe sign uh, at 8 p.m. And that's something that um, has had consistent fruit like I've never seen before. And so that's an awesome thing that God's been doing recently. That's that's cool. And you're the one heading that up now, too, huh? Yeah. Um, so just last week, we had 11 people saved. Wow. And every person that went got on the board. So how many how many people do you usually see come out to the street preaching? Um, or is it does it vary? when we first started? It was around six people. But now we're averaging about 15 people. Wow. Uh, is that just from our mother church or is that from that, the that's just our mother church? Oh, yeah. Wow. I wanna I wanna start doing um, like impact teams for street preaching because we have a lot of churches that are yeah, close by. Yeah, now that we have, it's so awesome yeah. the way that we have all these nearby uh, pioneer works. Yes, <laughs> so I definitely want to uh, coordinate with Pastor Curtis and Pastor Zapata and Pastor yeah. Mendoza about street preaching near their churches. That'd be awesome. So, um, are there any last? Uh, encouragements or advice that you would give to to anyone who could be listening like maybe another church kid or anyone who could be walking through things that you've dealt with or any advice you have or encouragement just live for god i mean through everything i mean everything i went through and all the experiences i had um, I sure I learned the other side of things, but it wasn't worth giving up my testimony and, um, you know, be an example to other kids or other people in the church, because, you know, there's people in the church that um, it was my fault that I fell, but they didn't help. Instead of being the person that, you know, helps someone else dive deeper and deeper into sin, be the example so that, you know, when they come back they could look to you and realize how good God is and see mm. Christ in you. Yeah. That's good. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to tell us your story. Um, I, I really appreciate the example that you are to our youth. And thanks again for taking the time. I'm just going to say a, a closing prayer. And thanks again. Father God, I thank you for this testimony. I thank you for my brother and all that you are doing in his life. I thank you, my God, for um, keeping him, my God, and for helping him to return to you, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you will just continue to guide him and bless him in all that he is to do for you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's a wrap for this week's episode of Christ-Centered Convos. I'm so grateful for all of you for taking the time to listen. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform that you use. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate a review. 
That just helps expand the listenership and help the show be found by more people. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can do so by contacting me at ChristCenteredCombos at gmail.com. I've also created a Instagram page. You can search ChristCenteredCombos to find the Instagram page with the exact same image that you see in your podcast library. Make sure to check the episode notes for links to anything mentioned in this week's episode. There is also an option in the episode notes for listener support, where you can help support the podcast with any allotted amount. It's set up as a monthly thing, but you can cancel at any time, and there's absolutely no pressure to do so. I've also set up a Venmo account for anyone wanting to help support the podcast as we expand and grow the podcast. You can find the information for that as well in the episode notes. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so grateful to be able to do this show and to share these stories, knowing that together, just as it says in Revelations 12:11, we can overcome by the word of our testimonies. This has been Christ-Centered Combos. I'm Kristen. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay encouraged and be blessed.